All right, Jonathan, welcome back to another one. Hey, Rory, how's things? Yeah, I'm all good. How's things you? Yeah, yeah good. Obviously, we've done NFP there. Um, seen some pretty good moves. Price yeah. down, we'll trace from where we're kind of expecting, but... Yeah, I mean, we've seen unemployment levels just remain the same at 3.8. Um, obviously, seen NFP a lot higher than expected, um, 360. Dollar was obviously up very strong initially, starting to pull back ever so slightly, although now S&P futures are down over half a percent. So it could be an interesting Friday to end the week. Yeah, you yeah. Don't, we don't only get an interest in Friday, really, except for NFPs. No. Any, <laughs> any interest in Friday you get once a month. Yeah, so like, it might be might be a later day on the desk for most people today, but let's see how it closes. Yeah, I'm doing this podcast while actually keeping an eye on, on the markets. It's quite interesting. It really is. But that that's kind of what led us to this podcast, Rory, I suppose. What we're, you know, I suppose the conversation that came post our live NFP video, I mean, we, we spent probably an hour there. We didn't even realize just chatting about, you know, how you go into the fundamentals, you know, of your, you know, from your decision-making process. And I'm kind of blows me away and, you know, I'm more of a sentiment trader and I've always have been um, and, and backing that up with technicals, but you're the complete opposite and it's fundamentals mm-hmm. and you're, you're, you're bringing me over to the dark side. I can't, I can't lie. Yeah. You know? um, and there's so much data there. And the problem with fundamentals is it takes so much effort and so much time. And I guess somebody who's time deprived or, you know, it, it's, it's one of those holes that you have to get into and you need to know where to scrape this data from and how to you know scrape that data from the right places and I was just talking to you about how conflicting information you know like we I was talking to you before and we're like you know we're looking at certain things with their economy and with the economy at the moment looking at different you know um economists what their view were and so on and sometimes you get contradicting views and so on and sometimes you can just actually leave all that behind and get real get to raw data and make your own decision off the back of that and that's where we kind of came to and and i think you know obviously you're going to lead this podcast to be honest with you but you know i it just blew me away and i'm you know i'm definitely converted that's for sure yeah i mean going back to the point you say about um you know looking at economist views and things like that you know, i usually like to think of myself as my own economist you, you know that's i think that's the best way as you say you know, you look at all these chief economists of Barclays, of HSBC, Goldman, JP, you know, these people all on paper should be some of the best in the world, but yet they've conflicting views. So why listen to one over the other? Well, is one going to be better than the other? That's not for me to decide. So therefore, just decide yourself. You know, if you have the data in front of you, just come up with your own reasons and your own justifications. And look, if you're wrong about it, and if you're not good at it, then obviously it's just not for you. <laughs> you're obviously not good enough at making decisions. But most people in this game are able to draw conclusions from the data that they can see. And that's why Jonathan and I just prefer looking at the raw data, coming up with my own conclusions. And, you know, sometimes I might agree with most of the chief economists in the world. Sometimes I might disagree with them. Sometimes I might just be in the middle. But who really gives a shit? Because it never works out. No matter what side you pick, it never, it never seems to work out. You know, I just remember at the start of this year that, um city said the oil was going to go to like 40 dollars a barrel goldman said it was going to go to 100 and now we went up to 94 you know if you if you said i'm going to listen to Citibank about this one of the best economists in the world i would say well that's a great idea but you would have been completely wrong on that you know yeah, yeah. and do you know what it's it all goes back to the basis of before you you know you execute that trade and, and everyone has different styles and, and and so on which is fine and what what but fundamentally what we want is to be able to put as much 
in our favor as possible uh, mm -hmm. before we do execute, right? Yeah. And having, a, you know, having that kind of raw data and being able to utilize that raw da data and, and how you do and how you kind of put that, you scrape that data and put it into a nice, you know, um, presentation, if you like, so we can, you know, we can see that information in, in nice and quick and, you know, it doesn't take us two hours to, to trawl through all this information. Uh, obviously, you do that for our premium members, but it, it, it's just another reformation you know it's another confirmation for me to go okay i think i'm right on this trade because yeah. that's another bit of information that gives me more backing behind my decision making process yeah and i mean i i think you know a lot of people are probably wondering what the point is we're trying to get to and where did it come from and a lot of it said you asked me at the end of the podcast you know why why did you have the feeling that nfp was going to be higher what what led to that reason you know i didn't see anything in the news i seen conflicting reasons you know why were you so certain on it or yeah. it's not so why was I so certain that it happened but why was I heavily biased to seeing that you know and yeah. then we get in and started talking about well you know I read the ISM report every month and basically it says that you know employment's up employment's strong production's still strong and I was like I don't see any reason and services as well employment was still higher it was slower than the previous month but it was still in in um it was still higher overall and whenever I was reading these reports, I just come to the clue and say, well, employment's still strong. And, and that's the, the final conclusion I come to, yeah. you know. And whenever I looked at the ISM report, I actually seen that uh, for September, the data was stronger than the last three to four months. So it's not that employment was still strong. It was actually stronger. Right. And, and why we were seeing that NFP number and why we were seeing the resilience in the labour market, if it's stronger then you're obviously going to see a bit of a push. And, and we did see that push in that, and that's really where it came from. And, you know, that's what led us down this path of me saying, have you looked at this? Have you looked at that? It says here, it says there. And people just don't want to do it. People don't want to put the time in. People would rather scroll through 40 minutes of TikTok rather than scrolling through 40 minutes of the ISM. Way of trading as well. It's a different approach, different outlook. It's just the kind of it's the uh, devils in the detail with these kind of decision making processes. And again, it's, it's not again it's how like again, I'm not that kind of a trader. I wasn't that kind of trader. I'm certainly going to introduce a lot more information into my trading going forward. There's no doubt about it because anything that I can do to improve my trading, my my my, my you know my percentages, I I'll do it. But um, that's what it's about. It's just about, you know, giving yourself as much information and data as possible. And you do have that institutional side and it, it is a difference between institutional retail traders. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people often ask, you know, what is the difference? And you have to remember, if you're an institutional trader, you're, you're in an institution and what you're doing is you're selling your information, your services, et cetera, to clients. And, you know, that information, Jonathan, usually costs tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands a year, you know, depending on your size. It can cost a lot of money, even for time, you know, even to meet with some of these analysts it can cost 10, 15, 20,000 an hour. It's crazy amounts of money that people pay for it. And you can't meet with a client and say, well, you know, the reason we're long here is because the line in the chart says so. Because that's that's access, that's data that everybody has. And that's data that the client could have turned around and says, I know that. I've seen that this morning on the chart. They want stuff that it was going to take them way too long to read and that they're swapping this huge amount of sum for time. So you always hear that you always hear the saying that time is money. And that's really what they're paying you for. They're paying you for your time. And everybody always says institutional traders have an advantage to have this. No, they don't, they just have time. They don't have money. They don't have anything else. They just have time. So doing it for them. Yeah. And, and they have the best guys doing it for them as well, which probably helps. But they have time. They're dedicated. They're they're reading this report. They're reading through things. 
they're not trying to go on Twitter and trying to find the, the latest news and trying to find a one word sentence type of thing like that, you know, or, or just two numbers to marry them up to each other. They're really reading through and then they're drawing their own conclusions and they're doing a comparative analysis. They're not, they're making a comparison to this, to this, to this, and so on and so forth. And then they can just draw their bigger conclusions. Absolutely. And by no means do you need to go, you know, if you can find something that can give you that information to hand and readily available, you know, you just have to realize how, um, how valuable that information is you know um it, it's i didn't even personally believe how valuable it was until our conversation so there you go do you know like in a way i knew that there was value in the information but i just didn't realize how much value that could be in that information and you know if, if that brings your percentage win rate from you know 60 or you know 70 percent to an extra five percent or whatever it is it's, it's a huge 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 difference and it can just completely change your your, your outlook when yeah you're... even what it might do is is it just Instead of changing your percentage win, it might stop you trading as much. You might just take fewer trades and still have the same amount of win rate, but your win, you know, your overall net's going to be a lot better. You see, you might say, well, nothing's changed, no more trades. And then you might just go on huge, one huge big trade and that'll be you done for the month. It, it might change something like that. It just depends on, on what way it's going to work for you. And I mean, we talked through about the oil industry there. You were saying, what about, what about oil prices? What are we doing? So we went into the ISM report. We looked at the oil sector. And, you know, the purchasing manager of one of the biggest oil companies in America literally said that they are increasing prices in the winter. Like that was their message. First thing you say, buy the dip. Buy the dip. <laughs> so buy the if if they if, if they are telling you that they're increasing prices, yeah. listen to that if you want. You can ignore it if you want. Do what you want. I really don't give a shit. But it's there on paper. So whether, it ha- whether it happens or not. <laughs> who, People have whether it happens or not let's see but well, i mean at the end of the day it's still you making the perception on the information you know the information is not telling you what to do it's just giving you a perception of what you believe is you know right for your your decision do you know that kind of way yeah exactly i mean you always have to come to your own conclusions and and that's why i think it's important you know because too many people follow just one account on Twitter or two accounts or, or whatever it may be. And everything that that account says or everything that that person says, they just seem to go with it. So you have to remember how many people are following that account, 50, 60, 70,000, 700,000, whatever it may be. All those people are going to have the same perception. And if all those people have the same perception, they're all going to be wrong. Yes, you could argue that if all these people are following that account, then you could gain enough momentum and actually change the market. But you're not going to. That's That's, that's the thing about it. It would take a lot more people. Yes, with like billions on our account and moving markets, and, and that's only a nudge. That's not. That's yeah. Not. So you know, don't be thinking that these people are any anything special. And the problem is when something goes wrong, they'll usually not post about it. They'll usually not tell you about it. And when something goes wrong, then you're left in the dark. You know, you're like a rabbit in the headlights. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I look. I just think, like I say, like for me, me personally, I just don't have the time to troll through that kind of data and I'd, I'd imagine most people will be in the similar boat you know and someone like yourself who you know you, you know you are into you know quant and you know into, into the, the real detailed kind of side of, of of trading and getting that information you know and obviously the guy our users are lucky that they get access to because you do scroll it and you do put it on format that you know it's very simple and easy we can straight away see okay look you know mm-hmm what is the how much buying we're seeing in these individual assets or selling and so on and just again it's just what that does it just gives you an extra tick on your box to say okay i my bias is strong on this for this reason fundamentally this looks good 
and you know technically it's 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 good you know yes and they're the kind of three things that you you know that you want before you execute trade yeah exactly it's about trying to get as much in your side as possible you know having these more in-depth analysis and you know reports it's definitely going to help and you know as you say that's something i share with the premium members quite a lot in the group you know those guys will know the advantage that it has some guys mightn't even be aware of the advantage that it has to their trading but Again, it's just something you have to um, you have to be aware of there, that there's more information than you think. You know that's that's the thing. There's there's more information than beyond Twitter and, and, it's, just and digging. it's just a digging. Like we all want to, we're living in a society in a world that we want to be somewhere faster. We want to get information quicker. We want we want everything at our fingertips. And you know the age of technology is that it is giving us this new perspective on life and how we you know process and how we want things and you know. And, and that's and unfortunately, if anything else, is, it's, it's a bad thing because it stops people from, you know, like Google, like anything that you want or any, any information you want, it's, it's the hand at, at a split second. Yeah. Uh, so the very time somebody says, OK, go check out a report there and give me uh, your analysis on that report, you know, and, you know, straight away we're thinking, oh, how, how long is that going to fucking take me? You know, like you exactly. know, that, that's we're looking at a negative immediately. Um but look, you know, it, it is key. And if you have somebody like yourself that, you know, is doing that information for their own trading, you know, to back their own decisions and able to share that information, you know, it's just like make the most of it, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think as well, even when you talk about, you know, people having time commitments, I think as well, that's probably a podcast. I don't think we've covered it yet, but it's one we will cover. It's sort of matching like a personality to trading, looking at, you know, if you're working full time, nine to five, what should you be doing? If, you know, is day trading going to work if you're working nine to five? Probably most likely not, you know, whereas if you work night shifts, then maybe you're going to be available when the market opens. So day trading maybe is going to work. And it's finding whether you're going to be a swing trader, a day trader, or sentiment, whatever it's going to be. Or maybe if you just want to run, run, want to run an investment portfolio, it's finding out what, what matches your personality best and what matches your lifestyle. And then once you do that, you can then see what sort of data you need. 100% absolutely and and it's you know like it, you know there's no there's no point doing the top to bottom bottom to top macro analysis on a, on a stock unless you're going to look you look for that kind of that long position you yeah. know as a day trader you're looking at you know the the intraday movements you know yes like you say it is lifestyle based and it is and you know look we all have different lifestyles we all work different jobs or whatever the case may be but it's not to say that you can't trade a day trade if you are if you do a full-time job but at the end of the day you just need to do it differently you yeah. know you need to have your your stops in place your take profits in place you need to analyze in the morning you you, you take your trades in the morning and you leave them you come home and you, you know you see where they're doing you open the laptop you know you can spend 20 minutes checking out where the positions are you know where you you know if you want to increase those positions or, or, or get out of those positions at that time and again then you've got swing trading where you're looking at you know you know, two, three, four day, you know, timeframes. And then you've got obviously position trading where you're looking at the long term. But this, it doesn't look, me personally, sometimes um, I've got more time and I'll start to, I might just want to do some scalping for it. You know what I mean? I don't, don't do a lot of it, yeah. Yeah, to be honest with you, but sometimes I will. I'll just jump on and go, look, markets are, I'm not really going anywhere at the moment. You know, I'm looking to increase my percentage for the week. I'll just do maybe a bit of scalping. Do you know that kind of way? Um, but look, each to their own and nobody nobody says that there's lots of technical guys out there i'm sure that are doing great mm -hmm. um, but for me personally i've said this before you can't knock yourself in the room and kind of rely on a chart to, to, to keep to make your decision no exactly if somebody said they had to take you know the data away from me or the chart i'd easily take the chart away from me 
you know, I'd I'd rather ring the exchange every morning just find out the price. (laughs) You know, it wouldn't bother me as long as I have the data. We need to get a staunch technical analyst on the podcast, I think. A what? Like a real staunch kind of somebody who's just a own technical only trader. Just no, and not in a bad way. Just because what I mean is like to give a different perspective. Yeah, well, you you can run that pod. You can run that podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the listeners want to hear. That's why everyone wants what? to hear you berating somebody for uh, but making, making... <laughs> just a, look. I'm sure there's definitely successful traders out there that are technical based. There has mm. to be people out there that have you know some consistency levels on that basis. But I'd love to hear how or you know or you know do they really only rely on technicals or don't tell me they don't watch the news or have their own bias or you know. Don't tell me they're just buying and selling off these levels or pivots or whatever they're doing without having some kind of a bias as to buying or selling off these levels. Yeah. I mean, if somebody came to me and said, I've been trading technical analysis from 2000, here's my returns, and I haven't, I don't know anything about the macro, fair enough. I'll, I'll take them. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll take it. To... But then again, the law of probability always states that nothing's impossible. <laughs> so, on that note, Rory. On that, on that note, I'll see you on the next one. Yeah, good man. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Cheers.